in a world where some of the greatest motion pictures ever made are reaching their 30th anniversaries. One group of friends gathered together to pay tribute to these films. Pat Cantagallo. Dennis Matouche. Jeff Mazuka. Each week, we take a look back at one movie that is reaching that 30-year milestone. Whether you love seeing these films in the theater or enjoying them for the first time at home, we invite you to join us this year as we travel back in time to 1986. I am your host, John Reed, and you're listening to the 30-something Movie Podcast. Thank you for joining us on episode number 69 of the 30-something movie podcast. Go ahead. I got nothing. Well, that may also be true. 69, dude. There we go. I'm thinking of a number. Whoa. How did they know Whoa. that? Strange things are afoot. At the... Have I ever told you every time I see a Circle K, I always say that? No. It's kind of like a nervous tick with me. Every time I see one, it's, ah, oh, strange things are afoot. <laughs> awesome. All righty. So um, we are uh, we are people that just love to spoil the crap out of movies, and uh, so we're going to spoil this one. Um, we're going to be talking about Karate Kid Part Two. If you have not seen it, apparently you've been living in a small, non-existent Okinawan village. So, but this time around, we are talking about Karate Kid Part Two. Uh, and again, like I said, we are going to spoil the crap out of this. So if you have not seen Karate Kid Part Two. Um, then you may want to go watch the movie first and then come on back. Uh, if you don't mind being spoiled, stick around. We'll tell you a little bit about it, and you can decide if it's worthy of your time. Um, if you could, please, uh, leave us a review on iTunes. If you've got a moment, just head over there, give us a review. It could be five stars. Uh, it could be 50 stars if you want to be patriotic. Leave us a 50-star review. I'm not quite sure how you do that, but I'm sure somebody can figure it out. Is that a thing? A 50-star review? I don't think that's a thing. If you do 10 five-star reviews, you're going to need 10 Apple IDs. Which oh, mean, all right. Which means you're probably going to need about 23 passwords. That's a lot to remember. It is. But, you know, if, if, if you love podcasts and if you love us, then you'll do it. If you don't love us, then you won't do it. So we'll see over the course of the next few weeks if we have any reviews on there, whether people love us or not. Please, people. I really, love us. I really, really hope that it, at the very least, my mom does. We're lovable. If I, we are, we are, we're totally lovable. Oh, I, Absolutely, I, every I, single one of us. Dennis, I don't know. He's lovable. Is he? Hey, speaking He's of lovable. lovable, there's Patrick. Okay. Speaking of speaking of somebody who used to be one of the lovables, there's Patrick Canigallo. That's right, man. Fresh off the tour. You looked great in that outfit too. That's, I do what I can, man. I aim to please. You got to shave more, though. I, I do. I do. But, you know, I mean, it's like it's a couple times a day. You know, it's just too much. It was rough. You went out there looking like Benny the Bull and people misunderstood. I am, I am definitely misunderstood in my own time. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that. Uh, so, as you can probably hear, I'm joined by Jeff the uh, Bazooka Mazooka. That's a great nickname, man. I'll take it. We take it? Okay. Well, then I'll give it. Yeah. If you'll take it, I'll give That's what it. what I like about it. You're a very giving person. I, I try to be. I try to be. I try to be very generous. And uh, 
it's Pat. Hey, hey. That that's all I can say. It's Pat. I know. Again, I would I would sing the little song. I gotta get the, the I gotta get the song like um, you know, tooled up here so that as soon as you come on, I can just play that little song and Yeah, it's Pat. I know. I, I don't think I've ever seen that skit. I gotta really? like watch that skit so I can, you know, play in you know what I'm saying? Okay. Well you all right, I'll find you sometime tomorrow at work, and I'll I'll play some of that skit for you. Yeah, I know. I've I don't know. I just I, I think I've seen You've it. You've never seen the Pat skit. I don't think so. No, man. Okay. All right. Well, we're gonna remedy that tomorrow <laughs> at work. For all of you on the audio medium, that was like a Jeff Mazuka like weird out face that he just made. Like, what is going I, on? I just I don't I don't know how anyone can not have seen the Pat skit, especially if your name's Pat. Yeah, maybe that I'd. Oh, I feel like a million dollars. <laughs> I was what? That's, that's just not ringing a bell. I no. just don't know. I was watching the one on, um, uh, I think it was the SNL app um, that they've got all the clips on, and it was the one where Pat goes to get a haircut. <laughs> and then and the hairdresser's like, okay, um, so what kind of cut do you normally do? I don't know. Just make me look good. Um, okay. So do you, do you normally have your hair longer? Do you do? Well, sometimes yes, sometimes no. All right. We got to show you that skit. If you've never seen it before, we got to show you that. So I'll, I'll come find you sometime tomorrow. Yeah. Find me tomorrow, man. Okay. I don't know. We need to fix that. All righty. So we're going to dive right into it here. Um, we have got, uh, We've got, I don't know, well, there was a little bit of new movie news, but we're not going to do that this time around. Um, we have a whole slew of extra shows and stuff coming up um, here in the near future, or we've got to get some recording done now because we are teachers and some of us are going to disappear for part of the month of June. Um, so we are recording some stuff ahead of time. So we're going to skip the new movie news. If there's anything big, we'll put it on our website. We'll put it on Twitter, um, but we may skip that for this time around. We may do a little bit of that next week when we're talking Captain America because I think we're only recording our show for Captain America next week. So we'll throw a little bit, little bit of new movie news in there. But we're going to jump right into Karate Kid Part 2. Part 2. Uh, the release date for this one was June 20th, 1986. It is rated PG. Uh, director was John G. Avildsen, who did uh, all three of the, the first three Karate Kid movies, or all three, depending on what your opinion is. Um, did uh, Rocky, Rocky Five, and his first film in almost 20 years, a movie called Stano, uh, is coming out in 2017. Uh, producers on this one, Jerry Weintraub, who died in 2015. He did uh, The Karate Kid. He produced The Karate Kid, the 1984 one, and the 2010 uh, remake, and did Oceans 11, 12, and 13. Writers for this one, uh, writer for this one was Robert Mark Kamen who did the writing for Karate Kid 1, 2, and 3, Lethal Weapon 3, The Transporter, and Taken 1, 2, and 3. Music for this was Bill Conti, again. Uh, he did the first four Karate Kid movies, Karate Kid 1, 2, and 3, and the next Karate Kid, he did all the Rocky movies, FX, and one of the greatest soundtracks of all time, The Masters of the Universe. Budget on this one was $13 million. Box office was $115.1 million. Uh, a little trivia on this one, it actually made more money than the original. So it was a box office success in terms of a sequel. Pat Morita uh, was Miyagi, or Miyagi, if you're going to say it wrong. Uh, he died in 2005. He was in Happy Days, Baywatch, and Mulan. Ralph Macchio played Daniel LaRusso. He was in The Outsiders, Karate Kid 1, 2, and 3, and My Cousin Vinny. 
Martin Cove uh, played Crease at the beginning of this one. He was in Karate Kids 1, 2, and 3, Rambo First Blood Part 2, and the TV show Cagney and Lacey. Yuji Okamoto played Chosen. Uh, he was in The Truman Show, Pearl Harbor, Pat's favorite movie, and Inception. Uh, Danny Kamakona died in 1996. He played Sato. He was in a TV show called Santa Barbara and a movie called Honeymoon in Vegas. Uh, Tamlin Tomita played Kumiko. She was also in the TV show Santa Barbara, was in the movies Four Rooms and The Day After Tomorrow. Nobu McCarthy died in 2002. She played Yuki, uh, was in Farewell to Manzanar and Pacific Heights. Clarence Gilliard Jr. was one of the GIs in the bar scene where they were breaking the ice. He was in Top Gun, Die Hard, and Walker, Texas Ranger. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, apparently nobody liked this one. Critics gave it a 43%, and the audience gave it a 52%. Uh, Ebert, um, you know what? I don't know that I found... I don't think I found an actual rating from him on this. I tried to watch the video to see if he gave it a thumbs up or thumbs down. He said he didn't like it as much as the first. Um, he said he loved the Miyagi character. And the funny thing is, of course, this is he's giving this review when the movie came out. He's saying that he would love to see the Miyagi character continue with a different student if Ralph Macchio did not want to return for any sequels, which they ultimately did in The Next Karate Kid. Siskel gave this one two and a half stars. Uh, he said, The Karate Kid Part 2, however, has Daniel square off again against a brute, only this time in seeming violation of the movie's pacifist spirit. Daniel uses his karate training in a more violent way. Um, and then this is just what confused me, uh, coupled with the Siskel quote that I just read. Another one that confused me was there was one Rotten Tomatoes um, expert reviewer that said this movie, or he summed it up by saying, excessive violence mars a so-so sequel. <clears throat> Which confuses the heck out of me because I thought this one was less violent than the original. But we'll talk about that. Uh, people apparently liked it though because when they left the theater, uh, the cinema score on this one was an A-. Uh, the original Karate Kid was an A-. This one was A minus, so it sounds like people liked it as they were walking out. It was nominated for an Oscar for Best Music, uh, Original Song, nominated for Golden Globe, um, nominated for a whole bunch of other things. Bill Conti won for music uh, at a uh, ASCAP ASCAP Award. It's just fun to say that. Um, and BMI Film and TV Awards, also Young Artist Awards. Um, yeah, so there were several things it was nominated for or that it won for. It seems like it mostly won for music. This one, after winning the All-Valley Karate Tournament, Daniel and Miyagi embark on a journey to see Miyagi's dying father in Okinawa. When they arrive, Daniel discovers that Miyagi is returning home as an outcast, having run away from a fight to the death with his best friend Sato, who had been betrothed to the woman Miyagi loved. Now Miyagi must face his old frenemy and decide whether it is more honorable to fight or to die. Let's take a whisten to the trailer, and we'll be back in just a moment. He is quicker. Rule number one, karate for defense only. He is wiser. Rule number two, fast and rule number one. He is stronger. Miyagi taught him well. Secret of Miyagi family karate. I don't get it. Practice, you will. Can you break a log like that? Don't know. Never been attacked by tree. Miyagi discovered the man within the boy. Never put passion before principle. Even if winning, you lose. Now Daniel must discover the man within himself. 
Okinawa, Anna, very serious. Your sensei teach you how to fight with spear? No more tournaments. No more cheering crowds. This time, the combat is real. Karate Kid, part two. The opening scenes of Karate Kid Part 2 were in the script for Karate Kid, but were saved for the opening of Karate Kid Part 2. Uh, Karate Kid Part 2 started production 10 days after the release of the original Karate Kid. Uh, Elizabeth Shue went to school at Harvard after the production wrapped on the original Karate Kid. That's why she was not in Karate Kid Part 2. Alrighty, so let's start off with this one. Um, what are Actually, when was the first time you saw this one? Did you see this one... Close to when it came out, or did you see this one a little bit later? Because I know for me, I didn't see this till college. I saw this one pretty close to when it came out. Um, I don't know if we saw this one in theater. We saw the first one in theater, so I don't know why we wouldn't have seen this one in the theater. Um, but yeah, no, I remember seeing it pretty early on. I had the action figures that went along with it and everything. Did you watch the cartoon? I don't. Re I remember there being a cartoon. I don't remember watching the cartoon. Okay. Oh my gosh, I forgot there was a, until you said, "Did you watch the cartoon?" I had forgotten there was a cartoon. I remember watching the cartoon. I don't remember much about it, but I remember watching it. Wow. When did you see? When did you see this one, Pat? Did you see it about yeah. when it came out? Or you know what? It was after when it came out. I remember this was one of the ones. It was. Uh, almost like the forbidden fruit kind of thing, because uh, I remember w we all saw Karate Kid when it came out, um, you know, as a family. But when this one came out, and I, I remember that it was kind of billed and, and, and represented as having more violence. And so I think, uh, I think my, my folks kind of avoided that just because, the, you know, they didn't want to get into it when, if there was more violence. So I think I saw it probably at a, at a buddy's house, um, you know, a couple of years after or you know in high school i remember i don't remember exactly when i saw it but it was uh it was not right when it came out but it it, it was before i became an adult kind of that time period okay. um so yeah and that was a kind of kind of a funny thing with some of the reviews about it and um and that we had a couple of had a couple of folks um tweet us about this one and one of the things that i mentioned to the folks that tweeted us I really didn't think this one was as violent as the first one. Like a, a lot of reviewers were saying things like, oh, this is a this is a much more violent movie. And I was actually kind of surprised watching the movie how little fighting there seemed to be. Now, I know he was getting bullied here and there by the, the guys in Okinawa, but it just seemed like there was a lot less. It didn't seem like the bullying was as intense as it was in Karate Kid Part 1. Yeah, I think all this, I remember uh, when this one came out, I think the idea was, and they even said it in that trailer, it's like, okay, this isn't a tournament, this is for real, like, you know, the guy had a, what did the guy, he, you know, he had the butterfly knife and held the girl at knife point and everything like that, and, um, you know, when Daniel fought in that final sequence, you know, he, it wasn't like he got the point and they called the match, you know, he had to put that guy down, um, you know. And I think that tone just sort of, 
makes it seem like it, it's more violent or, or more dark because he's fighting, essentially fighting to the death as opposed to uh, fighting for points. Yeah. Now, whether or not, like, you, you know, it'd be interesting to actually do like a, a side by side or a, you know, watch one right after the other and sort of tally or take notes on any violent scenes and just see what you come up with. Yeah. Uh, to see if one does stand out as being more violent, if the second one actually is more violent or if it's just because of the, the elements of the story that it comes across that way. Yeah, I, I think in the in the in the first one, you're right though. I mean, whether it's more violent or not, but I mean, he's getting bullied pretty hard. I mean, he gets beat down on the beach, pretty good, um, and then they're just chasing this kid mercilessly. So right, but again, I think if you look at it as, you know, it's students bullying each other. You know, it's a student bully issue. It's not a. Uh, we're gonna kill you. Yeah, it's not. You know, we're we're hunting you down. Right. Not. I mean, not that it makes it right. Not that it makes it okay. Not that it makes it really any less violent. But I just think it it offers a, a different tone. It's in the context of being students in a, in a school. Right. It's a classmate issue. Right. Which, you know, maybe is a uh, some sort of remark on society that we find that to be more tolerable than an issue of, you know, outside influences. Being right. it, it, it could be too. Uh, well, I'm sorry, John, did you want to jump in? I'm kind of, I didn't want to uh, sideline you there. No, no, no you guys yeah, go we ahead. Keep John out of this and Pat, you and I can just keep talking. Yeah, that's fine. Keep going. <laughs> He's only our host. We don't need to, he did it. He did the intro. We're done with him. I did. Right. I'm fine. Um, well, okay. The thing, you know, as you were saying that, Jeff, you're right. It's kind of which issue do we kind of deem as a society is more powerful. I, I wonder now if, you know, I, I remember back then as a kid, oh, my gosh, you know, there's real knives and he's fighting to the death. And, boy, those themes will capture the mind of a junior high kid or a high school kid or, or something like that when you see this movie, like, oh, this must be darker. Now, looking back at it as an adult, you know, okay, yeah, I could see that, but I mean, maybe I've just been um, numbed with all the action movies that I've watched and all the, you know, different, more heavy fight to the death movies that now as an adult looking back with kids working in a school, maybe my perspective has changed where, okay, yeah, that, you know, obviously they're going to kill him in the second one, but that theme of bullying and standing up to the bullies, maybe maybe now that seems to be just as intense just because, you know, I'm an adult looking back on it. Whereas then I was a kid seeing a, you know, a movie with a lot of punch outs and all that kind of stuff in it. I don't know if that made sense, but yeah. Yeah. So one thing I was going to ask for this was when we talked about, and this was just last year because last year we were doing both 84 and 85 movies. So even though Karate Kid's 84, we talked about it just last year. When we talked about it then, we kind of talked about how it felt similar to uh, Rocky in that it was kind of the sports movie, but maybe this was like a Rocky for you know a younger generation. And I, I have a quote here I want to read to you guys and see what you think of it. It's from a, a website called moviesmackdown.com. And they kind of they talk for a little bit about how it, you know, Karate Kid, the first one is kind of a formulaic, they call it a formulaic Rocky, kind of a Rocky knockoff. And uh, so here's what they say about part two. 
Part 2 has exactly none of that. It declines to develop its characters or their relationships any further. It offers the laziest, most cartoonish villains imaginable, and save for the obligatory climactic showdown, it's not even particularly interested in karate anymore. All the wit of the original is gone as well. Miyagi is no longer the reliable supplier of comic relief. He's just an old mope, dourly dealing with his past mistakes and present enemies. How does that make you feel inside? I think there's an element of truth to it. In what way? Which part? Well, I just, you know, I, I, I think there's a lot of, a lot of character stuff that kind of goes unexplored. Um, so I, I, I think that it's, it's a collection of these characters, but, you know, they don't do much with them. And I, I think it's very similar and formulaic, just like the first one was. You know, I mean, you have Miyagi, you have Daniel, and he meets a girl, and all of a sudden he and the girl become a thing, even though there's differences between them, and they find a way to look past and overcome their differences. There's a big fight at the end, and, you know, you... I don't know. I, I would have liked to have seen this be more Miyagi's movie. You know, we got a lot about Daniel in the first movie, and here we are on Miyagi's home turf, you know, where, where he was born and, and raised. And yet we really don't learn too much about him. Or, you know, I, I would love to see more of the conflict and struggle that, that he uh, abandoned it, that he walked away from it and just left it in the dust as he uh, was trying to run from the threat of Sato. There, there are a lot of big feelings there that should be explored that I just don't think really are. You get a sense that Miyagi, you know, he, he doesn't want anything to do with fighting Sato, and, you know, he, he makes that clear. But, again, I just would like to have seen more of the struggle of being there and having to face his, the demons of his past while he's trying to reconcile with his family with his father while he, you know, while he has a chance. Which is interesting you say that because in the, in the video that I watched where it, uh, Roger Ebert was talking about the movie um, and he kind of, he almost foretold the plot of the next Karate Kid when he talked about Miyagi taking on an, a different student in a sequel. He, one thing that both he and Gene Siskel said was they would have almost liked to have seen a sequel that was not the Karate Kid, but call it Miyagi and have it be Miyagi and Daniel going to Japan, have it be the, the same type of story, but have it focus more on Miyagi. And just like you said, focus on this enemy relationship with his best friend, focus on the, the girl he left behind and like you said, reconciling with his father. And so he kind of said, both of them said that would have been the movie that they would have preferred to see, would be to see Miyagi go through the character development this time around. Yeah, I could I could see what you're saying. I mean, just make it deeper and everything. I I don't, uh, I enjoy, I enjoyed the movie. I mean, I, I, I can't say I was like looking at my watch and everything like that as it went throughout. But I mean, I get what you're saying where, you know, it, it, the character development, it really didn't, it didn't take them any further. It was kind of like, it could be summed up as saying, here are the characters you remember from the first movie in a new adventure. You right. know, it's, it's, it's not exploring them anymore or unpacking them anymore. It's, it's just, you know, putting them in there. Um, 
you know, that being said, though, the formula works for me because I enjoyed it. Um, and I, I thought it was cool that, uh, um, you know, you just, they changed it up enough that, oh, okay, this is, you know, a little, has more darker overtones. And, you know, you did get to see, um, you know, a little bit more of Miyagi's past. Now, they really didn't go in depth exploring it, but you did get to see where he came from. You did get to meet his dad. You did get to find out why he left Okinawa. Um, I didn't, you know, they mentioned that the, the bad guys, you know, I got to be honest, the, the, the head bad guy, um, his, his voice just sounded a little bit weird to me. I mean, I know they were trying to make him have this intense growl. What do you mean? Yeah, I know. And it kind of worked sometimes, but then it just kind of sounded a little bit over the top. And there were times that he was speaking quietly. It almost, it just didn't do it. It almost sounded like a, like a cartoonish kind of voice. And so I, um, it was cartoonish karate movie villain. Right. And so, I mean, yeah, I I guess I know this would have never flown in 1986, but I guess I would have, I guess I would have preferred them speaking Japanese with subtitles rather than, you know, speaking with the, that, the, the heavy accent, at least, I mean, when they were speaking to Daniel, then okay. But you know, no, 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 no. This, This was an American movie. They should speak American. Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, you know, I, mean, I actually justified that for myself by the fact that, you know, there, there's, there's an American uh, military base now on the vi- built on the village. So clearly there, there's a huge American influence in the area, which is why they have learned English. Okay. And it was really Hawaii. Whether or not that was actually, you know, that's actually true for the story's sake, I have no idea, but I kind of justified it to myself because like you, I would have liked to have seen, you know, if we're going to travel to a non-English speaking country, then let's not have, or, you know, let's have these people not speak English. Right. And I know that's, you know, I should be, you know, I should be, I should be thankful that they at least had, you know, Japanese character or Asian characters playing the, the Japanese, you know, the Okinawans, but obviously, cause that was the discussion from the other movie, but yeah, that, you know, some of the, his voice just kind of weirded me out and that's a very minor thing. It was just kind of like, uh. but, um, you know, that's to me that that was kind of my only problem with that. But looking back on it now, I just, I don't see him as being any sort of threat. Yeah. You never get a sense that he's a threat. And for someone that has carried this idea of anger and vengeance in his heart for so long, like you would think that, I don't know, he'd be more intimidating and, and throw a punch somewhere. I mean, if his, you know, whatever, well, that thing whatever, is- whatever, whatever relation he has to that younger guy, you know, if he's, you know, willing to throw cheap shots around, you would think that Sato would be. Right. Well, and see, well, that's the thing is, is okay. where you want to explore that more. It should have been Miyagi getting into the fights and trying to fight to, you know, Hey, I'm not going to fight you, you know, to fight his way clear, to fight a defensive only. There should have been more of that. It, it, it kind of fell back into, and this is what we were talking about before it fell back into Daniel was always the one doing the fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas, you know, and that would have allowed the bad guy to be developed a little bit more. Can we talk for a second about uh, John Kreese? Let him go. Yeah, Mr. Miyagi's right. Let him go. I say, let him go. 
speed it slow for your next. face you, he is enemy. Enemy to serve, no mercy. Daniel-san, ladies no wait forever. You could have killed him, couldn't you? I... Well, why didn't you then? Because, Daniel-san, for person with no forgiveness in heart, living even worse punishment than death. I do not like at all what they did with the character for this one. Okay, well, so what I was going to ask was, uh, one of the questions I had for us was that the, the writers on the movie argued over whether they were going to do a story about Miyagi going back to Japan or Kreese getting his revenge. And so they argued back and forth, and they finally decided, okay, we will do the Japan story for Karate Kid 2, and we'll save the Kreese revenge story for Karate Kid Part 3. Um, so what is it, specifically, well, uh, what did you not like about Kreese? Well, if you think it's, you know, looking at the timeline, to go from being in the tournament to still just kind of being the intimidating figure that he was in the first one, to right after the tournament strangling one of his students. Yeah. What happened to that character that he completely lost all sense of logic and reason? I well, don't, I don't know. I, I don't well, understand I just, that. Just because he attacked his students? Well, he attacked his students. He's, he, he tries to rip off Miyagi's head by, you know, punching his, mm -hmm. throwing all of his weight behind a, a couple of punches, ends up breaking some car windows. I didn't get a sense of that being his character in the first one. Hmm. Yeah, he wasn't likable in the first one. Clearly, he was, you know, using karate for the wrong reasons in the first one. But I never got the sense of him being absolutely left of normal and being horribly crazy enough to where, you know, he's verbally berating the students. And then all of a sudden, he's choking Johnny, almost killing him. So would that have ruined the first movie for you if they had ended it that way? Probably. Okay. See, I, I know they had toyed with the idea of uh, putting that in the first movie. Yeah. Um, I See, think I, I, I don't know. I I don't know. I think I think there's there's some there's some martial arts schools where you get some guys out there that are they're not quite all there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, well, and, I, I, absolutely. I just think it's odd compared before. to what he was. Yeah. Compared to what he was in the first one, to all of a sudden that be his character, and we're supposed to believe it's the same night. Mm -hmm. You know, that that's where I struggle with that, is all of a sudden in, in one night he, he goes from his personality of the first one to completely off his rocker and completely deranged hmm. to where he's almost killing a juvenile. I mean, and, obviously... And that could lead to why it, this movie was perceived as being more violent than the first. 
I I thought, yeah. and in, in fact, that's what I kind of remember is that, um, you know, some a buddy that saw it described it as, yeah, that you know they're out of the tournament now they're outside, you know now it's more of a street fight now, you know it's Rocky Five. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right, but um, well, yeah, I, you know, that's that's an interesting point. I, I have to be honest, it never really. That I never thought about it from that angle, is in terms of you know, well, what was the character like before, and was he, what was it different? But that's I'll have to go back and you know, kind of compare because that's that's an interesting point. I guess, you know, I just saw it as the guy never lost, you know, and that just put him completely over the you know, lost his temper and and uh, yeah, that's an interesting point. Yeah, I don't know. I, that's just something that sticks out to me. I, the first one, you know, he, he walks up to that line of, of of being physically intimidating to everyone around him. And, you know, at one point, I think he, in the first one, he does throw one of his students to the ground and, mm-hmm. you know, gets in his face. But again, it's like he walks up to that line. Mm-hmm. He doesn't cross it. So you get a sense like, okay, that's just his, that, that's his teaching style. Mm-hmm. You know, he will he will do everything and, and everything this side of legal to make sure that you know he's motivating his students in a way that he sees best without actually causing any problems. And then you get outside the tournament and he's you know, like I said, he's practically strangling Johnny to death and you know, just completely not the same person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in the third movie, he goes and finds his Vietnam War buddy, and they team up to cause all kinds of problems. Terry yeah. Silk. Out of the Karate Kid movies, uh, which one is your favorite, or how? How? Where does this one rank? But which is your favorite? Is the first one your favorite out of all of them? Absolutely. Yeah. Good. Yes, for Pat. I think in watching this one, I think as soon as I got finished watching this one, I wasn't. I hadn't really taken the time yet to to process kind of the deeper things about the relationships and the character development and all that. I just, I remember it, by the time I finished watching this one, I was like, this one was fun. Like I really, I, I liked it. Yes. They could have done a whole lot more with character development and I, I wish that they had, but I, I totally disagreed with some of the reviewers that said, Oh God, this was so boring and it wasn't funny and you didn't have those same, I'm like, did we, this is Karate Kid part two. Like we watched the same movie. I, I don't, I don't think I ever felt bored watching this movie um the the moments with Miyagi still felt like you know the the kind of little uh quippy one-liners that he would give in the first movie and yes did did that relationship between Miyagi and Daniel uh, progress anywhere no not really um you know I thought I thought more so a, a more powerful moment in the first movie was when Daniel you know, discovers all the stuff about, uh, you know, the, the internment and, and all that. And so maybe there wasn't anything as strong in this movie, but I remember by the time this movie was done, I I actually started thinking, I don't, I don't know. I don't know which one I like better, whether it's Karate Kid one or Karate Kid part two, um, going back and forth on, I think ultimately I would have to choose Karate Kid, the first one, the original Mm -hmm. Karate Kid, but at the time when I finished this, I thought, you know, that that's actually kind of a close call. I really liked this one. I, I get that the villain's cartoonish, um, you know, and I get that some of this stuff is just a rehash of what was in the first one. But, um, you know, when it was when it was said and done, when I got done watching the movie, I just I thought 
this was a fun movie. I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't bored. I wasn't, you know, I, it, it met my expectations, I guess. I, it, it didn't, it didn't blow me out of the water with it. You know, it's not a Oscar worthy movie, but, um, you know, for it to be a sequel of and Karate Kid, the first one wasn't perfect either for it to be a sequel to Karate Kid, but it did a, that did a pretty good job. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, for you know the issues that I do have with it, I still I still like this movie. Yeah, I like that it's a new location. I like that the stakes are higher. Mm-hmm. You know it. It's entertaining, but mm-hmm. you know, once we start really talking about it, you know, then I can start finding things that I that I didn't care for or just wish had happened instead of what how it actually played out. Right. But mm-hmm. overall, I don't, you know, I don't mind watching it. Yeah. Do you guys have no. a favorite, uh, favorite quote? Do you have a, a favorite Miyagiism or a favorite quote from the movie? I, live I still... or die, man. What's that? Live or die, man. <laughs> live or die, man. Die. Uh, Wrong. Er. <laughs> yeah, that was that was not the way to end that one. Oh, I wasn't man. that. That was the one part of the movie that I'm like, oh, brother. No. See, that was the one part that I liked. Oh, okay. Interesting. Okay. See, that was the part that I liked was that he did that at the beginning of the movie and you're like, ah, that's funny. And then you get to the end of the movie and, and you get this big dramatic fight. And, and maybe that's what made me think that this movie felt less violent than the other ones was you get to this big dramatic fight and he's got to finish him off. And, and then he's live or die, man, die wrong. Er. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, that's great. That's perfect. See, okay. That's cool. See, I liked it because Miyagi owned the guy at the beginning. And mm-hmm. just own him and just, and then, you know, and just, I mean, and, and the cool thing about that, and that's what hit me, is when Kreese was coming after him, Miyagi didn't even throw a block. I mean, he just, mm-hmm. he just moved, you know, and it, it was the understanding of motion. I mean, he, he just owned that guy, which I just, I, I thought that whole scene was very, very cool. Um, but when Daniel did it at the end, okay, I get it that, all right, you know, he's showing that he's following his master's footsteps, but honestly, my take on it would be that guy could get back up and I wouldn't really trust that guy because you know, he's kind of plays dirty. I wouldn't trust that guy to be die and then pull out another knife and come at me when I turn around. So if I've got him down, he's going down all the way or he's going in the water. Or he's, I mean, I'm not saying that he should have killed him or something like that, but, right, but I see, mean, it's the, a PG movie. Well, but see the, the tables have turned and, and Daniel now holds his nose hostage. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, man. That's right. That's right. I got your nose. Come get it. Come get it. Er. Yeah. It's, so that was the only part with me is I'm just like, uh, no, you, okay. that, you didn't quite own him. I mean, you, you beat him, but I, I don't know. You're in a fight to the death. You honk a guy's nose and you don't own him. Yeah. No, I think, I think it's, I think throw him in the drink or do okay. something, but that, that, that ending was, I, yeah. Did you feel that that ending was a little too on the nose? <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, Jeff yeah. has just signed off. Can Holy you, Moses. Can you smell what I'm cooking, Jeff? I try not to. Okay. No, I, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at some quotes, and there are a couple here that, uh, that I do like. I like the moment when, when Daniel almost uh, gets himself impaled. Yes. Yes. And, uh, you know, he has that back and forth with Miyagi, uh, Daniel, son, you all right? Yeah, I'm sorry. That was pretty stupid, wasn't it? And Miyagi just sort of smiles and, and says, Miyagi, say, 
uh, say that to father when the same thing happened. Father agreed. was stupid. Father was right. And I, I, I like how that just sort of kind of hints at the relationship between Miyagi and Daniel. You know, it, it, it's Daniel's looking for that father figure, and it, yeah. it's being passed down now generationally through uh, from Miyagi's father to Miyagi, now to Daniel. I like then, that to go to go yeah. along with that relationship. The the one of the ones that I liked was uh, Daniel's kind of complaining at the beginning of the movie. He's complaining about having to go to Fresno for the summer, and he walks outside of Miyagi's house. And he's like, "Hey, what are you building out there? A guest room." You expecting company? Nah, refugee. Refugee? Oh, yeah, that's great. From where? Fresno. Hmm. That's cool. Now, I, I really, I love the uh, that quote that Miyagi's father has when he realizes that Miyagi's there. Yeah. It's the, uh, if I am dreaming, let me never awaken. If I'm awake, let me never sleep. It's a, it's, a, it's a really beautiful, heartfelt quote right there. I think probably one of my favorite uh, Miyagi quotes from this one is when they're walking through the airport and they see the poster of Sato breaking a log with his bare hands. Hey, Mr. Miyagi, isn't that him? Hey. hey can you break a log like that? Don't know. Never been attacked by two. Or I like the other one. It kind of reminds me of the uh, rules of fight clubs. Rules of karate, only used for defense. Rule number two, learn rule number one. There's a, there, there, again, there's another really great moment when Daniel sits down next to Miyagi after uh, his father's funeral and just kind of talks about, Daniel talks about when his dad died and kind of yeah. what he had been thinking a lot about. So like those moments that are, that are in there, the, those moments of heart, I really appreciate and I really like. I just feel like there wasn't a lot of them. Yeah. Like they were a good start. Yeah. And there could have been a, another level and, and it more put into the relationship between Daniel and Miyagi as he watches Miyagi try to, like I said before, just return home to a, a, a home, a town, a village, a family that he had abandoned many years ago. Yeah. All right. Pat, did you have a favorite Miyagi quote or, or quote in general? No, I mean, you know, the part where he's talking about the medals, I thought was pretty cool. I was just rereading that, you know, yeah. where Daniel's like, and it's, you know, I mean, I'm sure that this conversation has happened to, for many, you know, young people that have talked to people that have been in combat or, or war, you know, and it was, what did you do to win that medal of honor? Were you brave? And, you know, he says something like, you know, he points in, he points to the heart and says this says you're brave this and then holds up the medal this says you're lucky yeah. and then they go on and he kind of asks him well you know you know you had to kill a lot of people right yeah well that's okay because they were the enemy no they were people to keep that I thought that conversation was was pretty neat and and um, you know like I said I'm sure it's been repeated ad nauseum in many movies and in reality but I, I still think that's an important important thing to be taught to you know, young people that maybe get pretty excited about war or battle and medals and all that kind of thing. Yeah. So I thought that scene was pretty cool. Yeah, just any time that you understand the world through Miyagi's eyes, you know, it's 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 a really those tend to be really nice moments in in all the movies. Yeah. 
when, when you get a chance to see things how he does and, and try to understand things in the way that uh, the way that he does. Well, I, I like I like characters that can break things down into simple, you know, simple, simple statements, not easy statements, but simple statements that then, you know, you can apply to your life. And I mean, it's not just I mean, obviously, we're talking about, um, you know, uh, someone that's, you know, from Okinawa. So, you know, they're getting into not that, you know, for when this movie came out, the idea of Jap Japan and Japanese culture, that's something you know, a little bit more of the exotic, but you see it in other movies too. And, you know, we talk about Star Wars with, you know, some of the things Yoda says. I mean, it's just very simple, but very, very deep. And I think that's like the same thing with, you know, Mr. Miyagi. And you can go through any movies and, and you know, you get that just old, uh, what am I trying to say? Things that have withstood the test of time. You know what I'm saying? Just old truisms that no matter what century you're in, what level of technology you're dealing with, that's these things, you know, human nature, it, it holds true. And I think the Mr. Miyagi character really brings those out and is able to kind of impart those. Mm-hmm. So I think that's cool. All righty. Well, I think that's going to do it for our Karate Kid Part 2. Um, next time around, we are, you know what, actually, uh, next week, we are going to be jumping from our sports movies to a massive superhero smackdown with Captain America Civil War. I know Pat's kind of excited to talk about that. Jeff, have you seen it yet? No, not yet. Oh. When you want to go, Jeff, I'll go with you. <laughs> oh, man. What a guy. <laughs> was... um, well, you know, we got that thing Thursday night at school, maybe in between the end of school and... Maybe, man. Maybe go. we'll have to do that, and then right after open house, we'll go to a midnight show. We'll catch twice. There you go. <laughs> that good, huh? You can, uh, yes. You, you can go to it early in the afternoon and be on Team Cap, and then go later in the evening and be on Team Iron Man and watch it two different ways. Interesting. You could do that. So anyway, next week, we are going to be jumping into uh, the massive superhero smackdown that is Captain America Civil War, where Cap and the Avengers are thrown back in time to the 1860s, and they have to stop Sherman's March to the Sea. Um, So that'll be a fun one to talk about. Um, Titanic sinks in the end. And and, uh, Titanic sinks in the end. Yep. Yep. And and Pearl Harbor rises up uh, out of the ocean, and it's all, um, uh, it's made of kryptonite. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? No. Nope. The German, no, don't stop him. He's on a roll. He's on a roll. <laughs> All right. So in the meantime, you can reach us by going to 30podcast.com. You could email us, uh, 30podcast at gmail.com. You can reach us on Twitter at 30podcast. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash 30podcast. Where can you listen to us? Oh, pretty much everywhere. Uh, we're on Stitcher, Satchel, Google Play Podcasts, iTunes, and you can just listen to us directly from 30podcast.com. Um, and I don't know, if you're able to track down our phone number, you could call us and we could just recite the entire podcast to you if you wanted to. You know, for the right donation, we will come to your house and broadcast from your house. Absolutely. We'll, we'll, go, to, we'll go to your house and we'll talk movies. So if you want to donate, I don't know, we'll, we'll figure out a, a donation amount. What are we thinking? Food. Food's enough for you? Okay. Mm-hmm. Actually, if we're being honest, food's probably enough for all of us. So. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Money means nothing. Alrighty. So next week, join us back here next week when we talk about Captain America Civil War. Until then, we love you all. Have a good evening. A good morning. Bye. Or whatever you're having. 